in Mark Thompson, he has someone who, in addition to a breadth of television experience at the BBC, which, by the way, is sort of the, the news network that you get the impression CNN wants to model itself on, this sort of like authoritative, respectable, not overtly partisan network. Welcome to the Powers That Be Daily, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. It's Thursday, August 31st. Today, I'm joined by Dylan Byers to talk about the new man in charge at CNN, Mark Thompson, the former CEO of the New York Times and general chairman of the BBC. How will the beleaguered network adjust to its third leader in just two years, especially as they head into a crucial presidential election? As Dylan explains, if Thompson can't fix CNN, maybe nobody can. We'll discuss all that and more on today's episode of The Powers That Be. Welcome to the powers that be, everybody. Happy Thursday. It is the final day of August, but not the final day of summer. Please enjoy this lovely weather while we still have it. I'm joined today by Dylan Byers, our media ace, who broke the news earlier this week that David Zaslov will hire as the new chairman and CEO of CNN, Mark Thompson, the former New York Times Company CEO and director general of the BBC. This is a big deal get for Zaslav. Dylan, congrats on the scoop. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So obviously this decision comes at a time of some steadiness, but mostly big picture upheaval at CNN. This is less than 100 days after Zaslav ousted Chris Licht uh, as CEO of CNN. And Licht obviously followed Jeff Zucker, who was ousted from CNN. Ratings are down. Is that because of programming? Is that because of news avoidance? Is it because the Trump show is over? There's lots of different reasons for this. But before getting into what Thompson brings to the table and why David Zaslav wanted him so badly, what can you tell us about how this went down? Because you were on this story for about a week. Ben Smith at Semaphore obviously broke the story a little over a week ago that Zaslav was homing in on Thompson. How did this deal come together, though, in recent days? Well, one thing that's sort of interesting is that it the conversations between Zaslav and Mark Thompson started a lot earlier than you might think, given the way that uh, Zaz and others were sort of uh, indicating what their plans for CNN were in the post-Chris Licht landscape. So Chris Licht was ousted in early June, and myself, other reporters, sort of were given the sense from WBD that mm. they were comfortable having an interim leadership in place for a long time and that they did not want to take a network that had endured so much instability over the course of the last 18 months and throw it into further instability by bringing in a new leader at a time when everyone was actually pretty, relatively speaking, pretty comfortable with the interim leadership. Mm -hmm. They had sort of conveyed that they might not even find a new permanent CEO until after the 2024 election, which sort mm -hmm. of, I think, further fanned the flames of speculation that WBD might even spin off and sell CNN, which is certainly something that has been sort of a conversation in the ether in recent months. 
In fact, it was just a matter of days after Chris Licht was ousted that Zaz got in touch with Mark Thompson and started pitching him on Mm. this idea. And so while the interim leadership was working to sort of like stabilize everything, and I think some members of those interim leaders uh, probably harbored their own ambitions for maybe becoming permanent CEO or permanent leader. Uh Zaz was busy sort of executing his own vision, which was bringing in Mark Thompson. And that is consistent with how Zaslav functions. He, He sort of does not necessarily always conduct a widespread, thorough, formal search for leaders of any of his divisions. He sort of finds the person he wants and just goes for them. And that was a very disastrous decision with Chris Licht. With Mark Thompson, I think people are much more optimistic that it will be better just given Thompson's own CV and track record in the media industry. So before getting into what that track record is and what people inside CNN should expect, I, I think you're you're right about the fact that I think a lot of people at CNN that I've talked to felt like after Licked and after the instability, they might carry forward with the so-called quad, the sort of interim leadership, Amy Antelis, Virginia Mosley, Eric Sherling, and David Levy, all of whom, you know, Levy is a, is a Zaslav person, but the other three are have been at CNN for a very long time and are trusted and generally well-liked. Um, Oliver Darcy, who writes CNN's Reliable Sources newsletter, and Darcy basically reported that people inside CNN were a little uneasy with the idea of a new guy coming in all of a sudden, just 100 days after Licked. And I sort of, you know, glibly said to John Kelly on a Media Monday podcast that these people need to get over Jeff Zucker. He's not coming back because that's sort of like what it sounded like. The complaints like they're still pining for the guy and the interim leadership or, you know, we're all generally close with Jeff. And I talked to a couple of people inside CNN this week who said, you know, I heard you say that. And I think it's less about Jeff, even though he's still beloved in certain corners of CNN, but more about, can we just sit still for a minute? Like, why do we have to like bring in somebody new all of a sudden? So yeah, what's the rush? Well, look, I I do think that stability among the rank and file is, is certainly a consideration, but, and I understand why that is a priority for the people who have endured all the instability, uh, be they rank and file reporters, producers, or, you know, the sort of high-priced primetime talent. Mm. What I will say is from where David Zaslav is sitting, he is running a $32 billion, you know, (laughs) (laughs) media and entertainment company, and uh, of which the CNN business takes up about 5 or 6% of overall revenue. And he is dealing with much bigger questions. And one of the big criticisms of WBD's stewardship of CNN to date has not just been that he sort of made a very disastrous choice with Chris Licht and that Chris Licht's leadership accelerated CNN's decline amid broader business struggles that every every news network is facing. The greater challenge was that nowhere in trying to figure out this pivot to the ideological middle or moving around Don Lemon or overhauling primetime Nowhere in that was there a real strategy for carrying CNN into the post-linear era, building like a robust 
digital media strategy, a streaming mm-hmm. strategy, all of the things that CNN will actually need to be relevant, regardless of what talent is is hosting dayside or primetime or whatever. And in Mark Thompson, he has someone who, in addition to a breadth of television experience at the BBC, which, by the way, is sort of the, the news network that you get the impression CNN wants to model itself on, this sort of like authoritative, respectable, mm-hmm. not overtly partisan network. Sorry to interrupt, Dylan, but according to the Reuters Institute of Journalism and some other studies, the most trusted news network in the United States is, other than the Weather Channel, the BBC. <laughs> there you go. Lots to live up to for so, CNN. Exactly. So on top of that, he also has this reputation for coming into the New York Times when it was down and out, when it owed Carlos Slim a lot of money, when it didn't really have a digital strategy to speak of. And he spearheaded the transition into what the New York Times has become today, which, as we, as we mm-hmm. talk about often here at Puck, is this very sort of impressive, multifaceted, subscription-based lifestyle brand with, you know, cooking and wire cutter and podcasts and, mm-hmm. and The Athletic and all this stuff that supports the core news business. So if you're Zaslav and you've just endured sort of the most humiliating run in your first year overseeing CNN with Chris Licht and you've finally gotten rid of this guy, and here is Mark Thompson, who is a veteran television executive with production and programming experience and business experience, who has also demonstrated a capacity to transform and grow a digital business that is sort of the benchmark for strong digital news businesses in the United States, you have, and I I didn't see this, I don't think any of my colleagues on the Media Beat saw this, but you have in Mark Thompson the ideal, or at least among all the available options, the ideal sort of candidate for this. And so I think his view was, I'm going to move fast. And in so doing, no, he did not probably take into consideration you know, the anxieties of the rank and file. He certainly didn't consult with the members of that interim quad leadership who, you know, got a phone call less than 24 hours before the announcement, before we broke the news, certainly, and less than 24 hours before the announcement was made. And yeah, I'm sure there are some hurt feelings. I'm sure there are some ruffled feathers. I'm sure there are some people who are sort of like pissed off. But... This is something that if you have this opportunity, you move and you move fast. And for all the ridicule and criticism that CNN has endured in the last 18 months, this is something that seems like a very smart move and is being lauded by the vast majority of people I talk to, including those who have been very critical of Chris Lick and of David Zaslov's stewardship of CNN. Dylan, I want to take a quick break and then dig into what exactly Thompson's challenges are going to be uh, at CNN and what his leadership style is. Welcome back to The Powers That Be, everybody. I'm joined by Dylan Byers. We're talking CNN and their new leader, Mark Thompson, formerly of the BBC and the New York Times. So the New York Times analogy you just made, I think calling it a lifestyle brand is apt. I mean, people, and this sort of definitely flared during the Trump years, people on the left sort of felt like they were on team New York Times. Um, A way to think about this is sort of 
the the joke that like people used to carry around like New Yorker tote bags, like they felt an affinity <laughs> for the New Yorker and would like buy merch and show it off. And that sort of became a thing with the Times, not to mention Wirecutter, not to mention New York Times cooking and crossword puzzles and all those other things. It feels like a challenge for Thompson at CNN is that no one really feels that kind of kinship with CNN in the way that they do with the New York Times. And in your piece also about Thompson and CNN, I think you described the BBC as a, a quote, heirloom of the British experience, right? Like the BBC over in the UK is sort of like the NHS. It's just like a treasured part of their culture. CNN just doesn't feel like that <laughs> these days, at least. Ed Lee at the New York Times tweeted on Wednesday, a few things I don't get about Mark Thompson's appointment to CNN. BBC has guaranteed income, a TV license fee. New York Times is a product people specifically seek out. CNN's revenue comes from a cable bundle that no one wants and no one purchases CNN specifically. So how will he fix CNN? Because I think Dylan Ed's point is that the challenges at CNN are actually pretty different than whatever challenges there might have been at the BBC and the New York Times, fundamentally, from a business perspective. I think that assessment is absolutely right. And I don't think that you can take the way that he led the BBC or or the way that he led the New York Times and just sort of like copy and paste those models. And I think that the challenges are manifold because you do have that television business, which remains the core business, but is dying. And then you've got the need to transition that to streaming, which CNN is going to start doing next month. And you also have the need to grow the digital business. And I think that Look, I, I I don't have the solutions to that problem. Our colleague Julia Alexander outlined a lot of ideas that sort of like incre seemed incredibly smart to me and almost stunned. She was, <laughs> I was going to say giving them away for free, but giving them away to <laughs> subscribers. But what, I think what Julia highlighted, which I think is important, is you need to be thinking about the digital and streaming experience and meeting consumers where they are in addressing their habits. It is not enough to take the 24-7 linear feed and simply move it to streaming, although that is a start. She writes in that piece about thinking about consumer behavior on YouTube, consumer behavior on TikTok. How do people engage with this content? How do you keep them engaged in that ecosystem so that they're not sort of, you know, coming in for one thing and then and then moving away right away? And I think these are a, a lot of this is going to be what Mark Thompson is thinking about is is what are CNN's strengths and potential strengths and how do we capitalize on that on these different platforms. There are certainly going to be a lot of a lot of challenges to that and and oh by the way to Ed's point like just getting started with improving the programming that exists on the linear on the legacy side, mm -hmm. he's got his work cut out for, for him there too. I mean, if, if the mandate from WBD is still to be a sort of nonpartisan, you know, responsible, respectable news outlet, sort of in the BBC model, and that is not terribly compelling programming to many audiences. The reason that people who are engaged with news on television, which is already a small audience, gravitate toward the Rachel Maddows and the Tucker Carlson's in primetime is because that actually works. That sort of highly opinionated stuff works in a way that the sort of like newswire report does not. And so mm -hmm. 
the challenge that Mark Thompson has, which is very similar to the challenge that Jeff Zucker had, is how do we create compelling programming, not in terms of how are we responsible journalists, but how do we make good television? And the good news for him is that after all the shit that CNN has been through and all the like very boneheaded decisions that Chris Lick made, there's there's kind of nothing but upside, right? I mean, it seems like things can only get better from that perspective. But he has his work cut out for him. And his television experience from the BBC is in the immediate going to be as significant, I think, as his digital experience, which will be more significant over the long term. Everyone should definitely go check out Julie Alexander's piece on CNN's streaming ambitions. And Julie makes just a a really relevant point to what you're saying, Dylan, which is that these days there's an abundance of choice. Your programming just has to feel essential, (laughs) like in the feeds, uh, in the algorithms, on screens, wherever. And does CNN feel essential to most people? It does seven times a year when Ukraine is being invaded, when we're leaving Afghanistan when John King is dominating the magic wall, which I personally love. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Some of that goes back to programming. But Julia makes the astute point, and this is something I firmly believe too, you know, as someone who works at at Snapchat and who cares about digital and, you know, has for a very long time, which is the formats and the products have to match the platforms and vice versa. Like, how do you bend storytelling into a pre-existing platform. You can't just cut and paste something from the 16 by 9 screen and put it on a vertical screen and hope it does well. <laughs> I'm not saying right. CNN does that, but you know, I've just seen too many people and you have to come into CNN promising big changes and promising to put their stamp on the company and do something new and different and they just get chewed up by the bureaucracy and the lassitude and the, you know, sometimes backstabbing. Like it's a big big, slow moving place. And it's going to be right. very tough to position it for a digital future. Well, I, I think the one thing I would say is, and I think this is one of the reasons that there's so much goodwill for Mark Thompson from the sort of media executive community that I talk to a lot is, you know, one thing, you know how like in succession, the worst thing you could say about a person is that they're not serious people. One thing that a lot of folks who I talked to at the New York Times, the BBC, uh, CNN, who I've talked to this week, that they've all said to me when I asked them about Mark is they say Mark is a serious person. Hmm. And I think that he is, I think what they mean by that is that he is both incredibly smart when it comes to thinking about these things, about these big questions. He recognizes what the problem is. It's not like Chris Licht coming in and being like, how do I change the aesthetics of like the daytime broadcast? And I'm going to have people stand instead of sit like Mark Thompson is thinking at a much bigger level than that, which is is incredibly necessary for CNN's long-term success. And then I think the other thing is that he is incredibly confident in himself and he has been given a mandate to make some big decisions here, both on the editorial and the business side uh, to the degree it works with the broader WBD strategy. And so I just think that part of the problem with the Licht era was that Licht was always sort of managing up to WBD and trying to serve WBD's broader purpose. I don't think Mark Thompson would have taken this job if he didn't intend to fashion CNN in his own image. And in so doing, I think that there's more potential here for substantive and significant change 
in terms of moving the business into its next iteration. And so I'm, I'm more bullish on that. And I think a lot of the people in this industry who know Mark or who know CNN are more bullish than they would have been had this been just another programmer or producer coming in to take this job. Real quick before I let you go, Dylan, one thing I know that's happening right now at CNN is every anchor, every executive producer, every senior producer, every honcho at CNN is trying to get their hands on Mark Thompson's phone number or email so they can send him a text <laughs> and check in, be like, hey, we can't wait to meet you. Like, let's get coffee, blah, blah, blah. Mark Thompson, if you're listening, get ready for a shitload of that <laughs> in the next few months. <laughs> what is his personal style for those people who are reaching out to him and have to prepare for these coffee meetings? Like, what's he, is he, mm -hmm. is he a curmudgeonly British guy who doesn't take bullshit? Is he a charmer? Uh, and then a sub question there, uh, those four interim leaders at CNN, is it expected that they're going to stay as well? For Mark, I think Mark fashions himself an intellectual and a little bit of a, I, I don't want to suggest that he's at all aloof because I don't get that impression, but, but a, a bit of a philosopher CEO. This is a guy who wrote a book about the you know rhetoric in society he sits on the board of the royal shakespeare company and you know what I, he sort of has houses in in london and new york and maine and i i, I just think he's someone who sort of i don't know and i think you know I, I i think that he's incredibly intellectually engaged very thoughtful about the news business. A lot of people I talked to the New York Times noted that even at the Times, he was sort of still like television was his first language and he's very passionate about television. So I think he's formidable. I think, you know, I think one of the things about Jeff Zucker and the reason that there was all this post Zucker, you know, pining for, for the good old days is because people really respected Jeff Zucker as a sort of outsized personality who was very, very headstrong and decisive and self-confident. You know, look, I think Jeff Zucker's CNN was Jeff Zucker's CNN. I think Chris Lick's CNN was like a kind of like Warner Brothers Discovery mismanaged CNN. And I think Mark Thompson's CNN will be Mark Thompson's CNN. And so I think in his, in terms of engaging with him, people will find him to be one step ahead of them because he is thinking about these things at a higher level than maybe a lot of the folks at CNN have been thinking about them. And on top of this, he's got whatever British charm going on. <laughs> so I think he'll, he'll do fine in that regard. And I also think he has had, as a, as a student of media, he has had a long time to observe the myriad fuck-ups of Chris Licht and, and knows what not to do in terms of engaging with talent and staff, which, by the way, if if the comparison between Jeff Zucker and Chris Licht proved anything, having positive relationships with the talent is a pretty instrumental part of this business. As for the quad, look, I think that every member of the quad would say is, you know, we're so happy to have Mark. We, we None of us ever wanted to be CEO or thought we were going to be CEO, so this is a great day for the company. I think if you dig a little deeper... Uh, what you'll find is that there were people who maybe did harbor ambitions of becoming the CEO of the company who feel pretty miffed that they weren't brought in either to be interviewed for the job or at least to be counseled about the decision to hire Mark. And does that mean that anyone's going to leave? I, you know, I, I, I don't think so. I think there are a lot of people there who don't have anywhere else to go and are quite good at the jobs that they have and will therefore probably stay in those jobs don't 
see folks like Eric Sherling or Virginia Mosley necessarily going anywhere. Uh, I do think Amy Antelis is sort of, you know, probably writing the last chapter of her career at CNN, but will stay on, I would assume, at least through the election. Uh, and then I think the open question is sort of David Levy, who was the uh, you know a Warner Brothers Discovery executive, member of the Zaslav inner circle, who was then moved to CNN to sort of help run the business of CNN. How necessary is he in a if the company is being run by Mark Thompson? I suppose that depends on Mark's relationship with David and then David's willingness to continue doing that job. Um, but I don't think I, I don't foresee anybody getting so up in arms that they walk out of the door tomorrow. Dylan, thank you so much for all your insight and your reporting on CNN. As always, for people following Dylan's life at Puck, I feel like we are now entering for you season five or season six of the CNN drama. <laughs> so, you know, Puck has only been around for, you know, almost a couple of years now. And uh, lots and lots of things have gone down at CNN. Yeah. We're going to make this the longest running show on television. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dylan, thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, Peter. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Powers That Be. As a reminder, The Powers That Be is the official podcast of Puck. We'd like to thank Ben Landy, Liz Goff, and Alex Bigler for their editorial and production guidance. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. It really helps us keep delivering the inside scoop that only Puck can offer. Follow us on Twitter at Puck News. I'm Ben Landy. See you tomorrow. This has been a presentation of Odyssey. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The Powers That Be Daily is executive produced by John Kelly, co-founder of Puck, Bob Tabador, and Ben Landy, executive editor at Puck.